0: Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan
1: and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how are you doing today? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, today, we have a very special guest joining us. We have Will Powell, a mortgage loan officer at Exceed Financial Credit Union. Um, on a personal note, I've worked with Will since, when did we meet Will,
2: 14? 14, 15 years old, 84, 85. That's Probably right. Probably more 85 than 84. Yeah, yeah, 85, I think.
1: And we worked together at a amusement park uh, at Rye Playland in New York, uh, at, like yeah. you said, at about 15. And uh, most importantly, Will, you're a dad with a beautiful family. Uh, yes, I am. And uh, so how are you doing today, Will?
2: I am doing very good. Been working from home. I guess this will be uh, Monday will be my 11th week working from home.
1: Yeah, I think we're all in the same boat here. Jody, yourself too, right? I think we started around the same time working from home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Our school district here on Long Island closed down March Friday, March 13th, so that following week was week 1 that we were all home together.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been crazy. So, so, Will, can you give us a little bit of background on yourself before I, we jump into yes the I new can. stories and the topics? Uh,
2: I have a degree in business finance, graduated from college in 19—well, in, in, I graduated in 92. I uh, did one semester of grad school, and then I started my first job with uh, Wells Fargo in 93— and I've been in the mortgage business ever since. 10 of the years, so I've been in the mortgage business since 93, 10 of the years, I owned my own mortgage company, which was uh, Mount Vernon Mortgage Resource Center. And that shut down around the, uh, the last recession. I think I made it to about 2011. So from 2001 to 2011, I was self-employed in the mortgage business. And then I jumped back, and then after that, because I lost so much money when, when I had to shut down my business. I didn't even want to do it anymore. But I ended up going back. I went to Chase for a while. And now I've been over at Exceed uh, Financial, which is a credit union, for the uh, past five years.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And more importantly, how about your family? I know you have a family. number of kids.
2: Yeah, I have four children. My uh, oldest son, 25, Josh Powell, He is um, he's a... U of R University of Rochester police officer. Very cool. Uh, my other son, uh, Bryce, he's twenty, and uh, he's also going into law enforcement. He's on. He's on. He's next month, which well, in the month of June. Well, next week is June anyway. He'll be doing the physical fitness piece for the uh, Monroe County Sheriff's Department uh who else Shane Haley graduates from high school next month and then Cheney will be going into the ninth grade
1: Wow very uh, two cool
2: boys and girls
1: that is so awesome I feel I thought you I was busy a Busy
2: man well you are a busy man <laughs> well you know what it's, it's a lot it's a lot easier now compared to uh ten years ago because you know we live in Rochester and we don't we've been in Rochester since 96 and at that time, we didn't have any family up here. So when you have two, three, four kids and you can't rely on your mom and dad for help as far as watching the kids or, you know, or have a, a, a group of friends and family around you, there were a lot of challenges. But I mean, now with the kids being older, it's a lot easier now.
1: That's great. Yeah, I feel lazy with my only, I only have my two kids. <laughs> Is it really double the work, Will? I got to ask. What was that? Is it really double the work? With four? You know what?
2: This is this is all I, I know, you know, yeah, I can't yeah. tell you this, which is which is way different. my experience with With child care for, for uh, which is way different than most people we paid for child care for 18 years
1: wow. Because
2: every time one child was right, you know, right about the time when they begin school We had another child, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. once you're done with one We picked up on another and then you have before and after care for the other two So for 18 years we paid for daycare.
1: That's like a house
2: that hurts
1: oh man
2: Will,
0: that's oh and i thought and i thought ours was long with two kids Woo, that's a long
1: time wow wow that is very cool will yeah we appreciate the background and and before we jump into the topic today which by the way i I failed to mention at the top of the podcast uh we're going to go through reddit personal finance random topics q a with will powell uh we've done this before will uh and we we pick a few topics on reddit which is the popular question and answer opinion site. And they have all kinds of different channels and we focus on the personal finance channels and we just have fun with it, right? We like to read the random uh, posts and we kind of move along and look at the URLs and look at the background and kind of have an open discussion about them. But before we jump into the Reddit stories, let's jump into some of the news stories we saw this past week. So the first story is from The Motley Fool And it's pandemic personal finances four steps to take now and basically they talk about four areas Uh, review your fee structures uh, check your asset allocation combine old 401ks and inventory high rate debts I i thought this was interesting this is more of a investor type story uh, but for me it makes sense uh, but I'm not sure what you would do in terms of fee structures at this point but I could agree with the asset allocation. you could talk to your advisor or do your own research to mix the uh, investments around in your retirement funds but but well I'll ask you first what'd you think of this story?
2: I would not me personally I would not change anything with my 401k right now. I, I know that the, the stock market dropped back in March but it came roaring back in in, in May. I would not touch it. So, is, is, did you did you lose some money? Probably, yes. Um, will will that money come back? Yes. Now, if if it was a, if it was like a six month loss, or if, if the market was down for six months or so, I can see making some changes. But right now, I wouldn't change any asset allocations right now. Uh, in regard to uh, if you inventory your high rate, debts, one thing that I'm doing a lot of right now. We're doing a lot of cash out refinances. You know with the interest rates being you could get a a mortgage now even on a 30-year term at three percent so we have a bunch of people refinancing to consolidate that credit card debt so that's a great way to get from under those you know because most credit cards even even though they're paying next to nothing for their money they're still going to charge you 15 20 percent you know on, on your credit card balances so uh if you can do it if you have the equity available in your home uh, doing a cash-out refinance may be an excellent way to not only consolidate that debt, but a lot of times you can consolidate that debt and shorten the term on your mortgage with the money that you're saving from, you know, since you're not paying the credit card.
1: Very cool, very cool. And, and Jody, what did you think of this story this week? Yeah, I think this is a good article, and
0: I think the main theme that I see here is tracking and eliminating unnecessary expenses. It's never the big nut. Every month that kills you, right? It's the fifteen dollar and the twenty dollar and the thirty dollar and ten or twelve or fifteen of those every month adds up. Um, so you got to track and eliminate those unnecessary expenses. And like Will said, you know this this period that we're in right now with coronavirus and the lockdown and you know the financial struggles that a lot of people are going through, it's a very good time. And we've said this, Paul, for the last several weeks, it's a very good time if you do not have a written budget to get yourself a written budget. Get on top of all those expenses and start eliminating ones that are not necessary.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think we, we, we're we all guilty of having some of those expenses that just kind of linger. You know, subscriptions we don't need anymore, services we're not using. So that's a good review to kind of to take to heart. Um, the second story that we're going to focus on is, is from the Business Insider I'm a financial planner and I find people always forget to save money for the same three things. And you know something, Jody? And and Will, I read this and I said, man, this guy's right. Um, that was my reaction. Midterm goals. So we always think about down the road, 20, 30 years mm-hmm. out. But what about 10 years out, five years out? The second thing was everything you have to buy after you buy a new house. Man, phew, I remember that very well. And then known expenses with irregular due dates. For example, I have... The home insurance that hits a credit card for to make sure it gets paid and and I'm always like surprised when it hits like I'm like why right. did my credit card? <laughs> why, hon? What did you spend on? And then I go look at the credit card and and it's like oh that's right that's the home the home insurance right that's why it ballooned out this month. So I thought this was a good story. Well, wouldn't you think of this story?
2: Doing, doing midterm midterm goals is is something I I could definitely. Do a better job at. I mean, we uh we just we we were planning for years to uh become seasonal members at a campsite, and we just did it this year, and now we have a bunch of money flowing out. So, but if if we you know so we planned to do the seasonal, you know, to become seasonal members, but we weren't thinking about all of the other items that we would have to pay for after that. So it is similar to buying. A house because now you know you got to buy a lawnmower and a a trimmer and you may want to redecorate so I think there's there's a lot of value in this article and there are definitely things I can do better by reading up on
1: oh that's cool that's cool and Jody what'd you think of this article what would you take away
0: yeah again I think the need for clear budgeting is apparent here like we've all said Uh, and also I like uh, they get into this here talking when they get into irregular due dates and expenses um, breaking larger pieces of debt, or, or breaking larger payments into smaller bite-sized ones, and I do this with our mortgage, uh, and I think everybody should. And I also do it with some other large expenses, right down to like the car payment and the and the the Ver, the Verizon bill, which frankly is a pretty large bill every the month. The Verizon you, bill is like a car put payment it all these together. Things.
1: <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! <laughs> and we just got because because of all the this is sidebar here, but we just got the kids' phones so they could FaceTime with their friends because they can't get together and they can't be together. So you know we went in on the on the latest iPhone, which is sort of like the bargain iPhone uh, that can basically do everything. So they can at least see their friends and talk with their friends and they can text. But now we've got like four phones in the house that yep. the Verizon bill has ballooned. Please hang up and try again. So you got to cut that bill into smaller bite-sized pieces. Um, and what I've uh, done with the mortgage is actually broken it down into uh, a bi weekly payment that I set aside into a savings account and then draw down on that savings account. When the, when the bill comes due, um, I've broken it into 25 payments over the course of the year. Uh, but if you break it down um, into a monthly expense, um, you end up with those those months that are three paycheck if you get paid bi-weekly those three paycheck months that happen like once or twice a year and that can be automatic savings for you um, yes, so so breaking breaking those paint those larger payments into smaller ones that they kind of talk about here in this article I think is really smart
1: oh well, that's very cool yeah I think I think overall I really did that, all three things jumped out at me and I said man this person was 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 was, com- was completely right in terms of I missed all three of those, and I'm not good at any of those, right? So I'm always surprised that all those pieces kind of resonated with me well. So I think with that, we'll jump into our weekly topic, uh, Reddit personal finance random topics. Right? So the first one that we're going to review is an interesting one, and the, the headline is my mom has over 20000 in credit card debt. She is considering withdrawing from her 401k since penalties have been waived to pay it off. Is this a good idea? Maybe, well, I'll give a little bit more of a description here. It says, long story short, my single my single mom had stage three colon cancer and was out of work for a decent amount of time and accrued a lot of credit card debt in two years. She is a nurse, so she has a stable job at this time. Since they've waived the penalty to withdraw 401k through the CARES Act, um, she's considering paying enough, re- withdrawing enough to pay off the credit card debt. So as long as you pay it back in three years, uh, you could do it tax free. So is this a good idea? So Jody, what, you, what were your thoughts on this when you read this?
0: Yeah. Well, number one, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for to this person for uh, the work that she does as a nurse. We're very sorry to hear about her diagnosis, uh, but also um, glad that it sounds at least like she's doing better. Um, saying they have a stable job, great. Uh, I like the phrase at this time because no no job is ever stable permanently, right? Uh, I've been there. I've been fired a couple times. Uh, I've been caught off guard a couple times, and so, you know, you're, you're never completely safe. So we just, I, I always couch my my approach this type of a question and, and with that. Um, withdrawing 401k money, um, generally a bad idea because of the penalty that's associated with it. That said, I have done it myself. Um, wow. You really want to make sure you know what you're getting into. If, if you're going you're gonna to pay a penalty, now, if you know you're going to pay the penalty and you're okay with paying the penalty, that's fine. Um, they talk about paying this back here. I would say that if you're going to do this, make sure that that payback has got a solid plan behind it. Don't just say, yeah, I'll pay it back in three years. That's a promise. That's not a plan. So you need to make sure that you've got a plan to pay this back so you don't get double tagged on this withdrawal. That's, that's the advice that I would give.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at the story, and I guess it's hard to – I think she's – they're actually talking about a withdrawal and not a loan. So they're actually talking about taking the money out permanently, which, of course, has other ramifications. So, Jody, I I agree with you. Maybe it's probably better to take a loan against the 401K rather than withdrawing because then even though it's penalty-free, I think you still have to worry about the taxes. And there's lots to kind of think about in terms of uh, if you lose your job – And you have to pay, you know, you have to pay that 401k back, the loan back immediately. I think there's like a 90 day period. There's a lot of little gotchas that could be involved with either loans or withdrawals. So you have to read the fine print closely. Well, what was your thought when you read this story?
2: My thought is if she if she's pulling out 20 grand and 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 she's not doing it as a loan, she's not going to pay it back. If she plans to pay it back, she needs to do a three-year loan through the through her through her 401k account so that she can so that she can be accountable to herself. It's hard to hold yourself accountable unless you're forced to do it. If she does it as a loan where the monthly payment, like it would be a car payment, two fifty payroll deducted out of her paycheck every month, it's going to happen. If she has to do it on her own, it's not going to happen. And then, like you said, if, if she loses her job, it becomes a taxable event and things just get worse. So hopefully someone can guide her in the direction as doing it as a three year three or five year loan versus just pulling the money out uh, without being accountable to herself as far as how she plans to put the money back in. Because we all know you get your paycheck, you get that one car repair bill, you, you were planning on putting that 300 bucks away to, to go towards the loan. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I'd have to agree. And I think, Jody, you're on the same page as well. I, I'd rather see this as a loan rather than a withdrawal. Uh, besides the, the financial uh, perils, uh, as, as, uh, as Will said, there's all these psychological ones, right? Because you're right, you're never going to pay it uh, back uh, if, if you don't have to, right? I, right. I th- you have to be forced in, into kind of doing it. So I think that makes sense. Uh, the second topic is tips on saving as a university student. I'm a 20-year-old university student and will be for the next four years at least. What tips do you have on early good money practices such as saving, investing, spending, since I have a very small income at the moment and I'm, and I'm working part-time in my spare time only, making about £20, 2.5 pounds per year. So I guess this one is out of London. Lots of commentary here. Um, Jody, what was your thought when it came to this story?
0: My first thought was, boy, I wish I was this person, 20 years old and <laughs> a good. You know, I'm I'm about to be 50, so 30 years of uh, of of income and investing opportunity in front of me. Um, my advice to this person would be: get yourself a written financial plan and stick to it. You have no idea how wealthy you can be in the next 10 or 20 or 30 years if you just start saving money now and don't blow it on things that you don't need.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And, 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 uh, well, what was your take on this story?
2: My take on this story, the, the advice I would give this young guy, I would tell him he doesn't make a lot of money. He should have, and this is what I did with my sons when they were, you know, I did it with my daughter too, when she worked her, when she was working at JC Penny, he needs to set it up where he has an automatic deposit going into a savings account. I wouldn't focus more on investing. I would focus more on savings. Because if if you can become a saver, and that's one of the biggest challenges for most young kids, if you can get used to saving 20% of your weekly pay or biweekly pay, have it go into a separate savings account to put yourself in a position where you can pay an unexpected expense without needing a credit card, that's the long, that's, that's how you, you really come into your own as, as, you know, once you begin to make, earn more money and do more things with the money. So I would tell him, have an automatic setup where he has 10 or 20% of whatever his week, weekly or, or whatever his weekly gross or net pay is, go into a savings account for savings. Not, I wouldn't worry about investing at 20 years old and being in college. More about just having having some some money put aside just in case you need it so that you won't use the credit cards. Because I know for a fact most most college students use credit cards because they don't have any money or they don't have enough money to buy the things that they want. But if you have a job and you're willing to put away some money, do that. That would be my, my advice for them.
1: Yeah, that's well put. And I think for me the thing that jumped out was, and I talked about this I think we did almost the whole podcast on this right jody is pay yourself first get into yes. that mantra yeah. early um and if you listen to the last episode or i think it's the, uh number 50 if you listen to episode number 50 i kind of give the uh, the ending to that story in terms of how why it meant so much to me so I, i'll leave, leave that out there as a teaser um the other thing that jumped out at me was you know the the concept of automatic right this automatic payment to you know to yourself or to the savings um, right to make sure you know, kind of set it and forget it, like that Ronco uh, roaster, right? The rotisserie roaster, set it and right. forget it.
2: <laughs> no temperature no settings. Setting. You just put the food in, set the timer, set it, and
1: <laughs> you got it, guys. And and I think Still David, have it. That, oh, do you have one? <laughs> <Deep cuts>, baby, <laughs> that's <deep> awesome. Cuts. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, um, yeah, I think David Bach talks about the whole automatic. Uh, everything is on an automatic yeah. payment schedule, so. You know whether it's your mortgage payment, whether it's credit card, whatever it is, right? Get into the uh, idea of making it automatic. I I, got, I have to admit I don't do too much of that. I do some of that, but not all of it. I still like to kind of figure out where the money's going. So there are some things that I let automatically uh, pay. You know, uh, usually it's tied to a credit card, and then the other bills because I like to see where the money's going. And, and maybe that's just personal preference, but. I think there's nothing wrong with set it and forget it Um, if that's the way you conduct your personal finance um, uh, rituals. I think that's the way to go. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. So the next story we're going to go to, uh, number three, is the pay down mortgage then refi or refi and put as down payment. Does it matter? We owe 150,000 on our mortgage, have IR of 4.2% currently 3 years into a 30-year fixed. We'll be using 70-80k to pay down and refi. Possible rates right now are at 2.7% on a 15-year fixed with a different bank. Does it matter if we pay down the current mortgage then refi with no minimal monthly down, money down I should say, or should I go back or should I just go to the new financial institution apply to put The 70 to 80 k as a down payment. Will going either direct route affect anything monetarily in the short or long run? I probably should have read this first and then read it because I did butcher that a bit. But you could read it on uh, on the Facebook page or go to Reddit and look at this question. But Will, I have to leave this one to you as the mortgage uh, guru. So what are your thoughts when you saw this uh, question?
2: You know what? Um, From a processing standpoint, I would tell them. Uh, to pay down the mortgage first. And I'll tell you why. Because whenever, if if they refinance and say, I want to bring seventy or $80,000 to the table, we're going to have to source and season that. And, and we don't know where the money's coming from, if it's a gift, if you're pulling it out of your 401k, if it's savings. And so that's just one more thing to worry about. So if they could pay it down first, you make that large payment to your mortgage, and then you refinance it. I mean, because either way, you, you're going to get the same result. But I've, my from my perspective, being in the business, I would say pay down your mortgage and then refinance it.
1: Okay, cool. And Jody, what were your thoughts when you saw this uh, question?
0: Well, well, that is that is a super smart detail that, that I didn't even think of until you actually said it. And now I'm recalling being in that same situation. Um, and that's what uh, I'll, I'll say naive or inexperienced mortgage borrowers, um, who don't have a good advisor uh, like you are um, will will get themselves into. Um, all it's, it''s it's all the paperwork and all the hassle of of, right. of, of taking out a mortgage, right and all the stuff that's just baked into the process um, that that frankly, even the the bank maybe not even or the lender might not not even be necessarily in charge of, right? They just have to execute all of this stuff. Uh, it right. can be a real pain in the butt. To do all this stuff, so that is a really smart observation about paying. To, if they want to do this way, pay it down first, and then go and borrow on the reduced balance, and sort of easing out their process and simplifying their life. Um, uh, my my only thought here was, and and will you know, uh, you give me your opinion here. If if I was in this borrower's shoes, um, choosing between a fifteen and a thirty if the if the rate was the same or virtually the same, I would always opt for the thirty year and then pay it like a fifteen because what that would do over the long term, it was it would give me the flexibility if I ran into a problem to actually make be able to make a smaller payment.. Um, and 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 sort of ease up my financial situation if, if i had a job loss or if something else came along where i needed to to pull back money from somewhere i could pull it back from that mortgage payment without having to go through the hassle of talking to the lender and saying hey i need to reduce my mortgage payment i could just pull it back so i will give me your advice i mean if is is well, taking the 30 and paying it like a 15 smart
2: well, it, it comes down to financial discipline. And, and the reason I would not take the 30 is for two reasons. The rate, the interest rate you're going to get on 30 is going to be higher than the rate that you're going to get on a 15-year term. Secondly, with them laying down seventy to $80,000, as long as their current payment is affordable for them, if their current payment is affordable and they put down $80,000 and refinance into a 15-year term, their payment may be the same, if not lower. Than what they're paying right now. Now, if they need payment relief, that's one thing. You gotta go with the 30. And then you, you, know, you're gonna be paying less than what you were paying before. But if you're if you're if you were comfortable with that mortgage payment, you gotta go with the 15. And I'll tell you, because I and I and sometimes I have to talk people, I talk people into it sometimes and I talk people out of it, depending on their circumstances. Most people do not have that financial discipline. Most people, when you when you see that extra three or four hundred bucks around the house, you're not going to always lay it down on the mortgage. You you're going to want to go buy that big screen TV. You're going to want to replace the lawnmower. You, you see what I'm saying? Something always pops up. But the first question is, are you comfortable with your mortgage payment? If you are, take the lower rate. Take the fifteen year term.
1: Very very much. smart yeah. smart stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we could do a whole podcast just with Will on mortgages, right? We have a wealth of knowledge when it, you've seen it all in terms of mortgages, right? In terms oh, of, yeah. I see. I see. <laughs> which is great, which is great. So this is all good stuff. Um, I know for me personally, um, when I flipped from a thirty to a fifteen. Um, I agree with Jody in some respects but I also agree with you Will in terms of human nature I might have gotten financially lazy and started paying my 30 like a 30. And when I had well, the 15 I, think,
2: I had I to pay it. In, I think the difference in this situation is the fact that they have $80,000 to lay down. You yeah, what is what that saying? all about? Yeah, if if you have that kind of money to put down, you got to go with the 15 because either because if you lay down fifteen eighty thousand dollars and you stay on the 30 you're going to probably save about 500 bucks a month now if like i said now if if you need to reduce your payment i get it that's you know stay with the 30. but if your mortgage payment is comfortable and you're able to save money and do all the other things that you need to do you got to go with the 15 because most people let, let's let say for example even in your situation paul most people, when they when they if the rates drop down by at least two percentage points, let's say for example, if your rate was five and you can get a three percent rate uh, on a 15 year term, a lot of times going from the 30 to the 15, if you've been in that mortgage for five or six years, you can get into that 15 year product and keep your payment relatively the same. Putting an extra uh, $80,000 down on the mortgage is the game changer. Do you see what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. could actually have. They may actually go down to a 15-year term and pay less money because they made such a large down payment. Or, or actually, they will pay less money because they only owe $150,000 on the property. They're paying half the boy, half the balance down. So if you go from $150 down to $80, you're gonna you're gonna save a ton of money, interest wise, and your payment's gonna go way down. So it's not like they owed $500,000 and they put down an $80,000 payment. They owe one hundred and fifty, and they're putting an eighty thousand dollar down payment.
1: That makes See, a lot of sense. Is,
0: and this is why, and this is why you need Will. That's also smart. And, and and this is why people who are borrowing on a mortgage, whether they're first time or whether they're or whatever they, they need someone like Will who can walk them through these different scenarios. Um, and and walk them through. We've said this too, Paul. You know, without judgment. You know, Will, I can hear what you're saying. You're not telling people what to do. You're saying if you go this way, you're going to get this. If you go that way, you're going to get that. And now, right. and now, you guys consider what's good for you. It's so smart, Will.
1: Yeah, that's like Dave Ramsey says, right? The heart of the teacher, heart of a teacher, right? And I think, Will, you you've oh, listened yeah. to Dave as well, and I that's how I to jo-
2: this class.
1: Wow. Wow. And Jody, we have that's how Jody and I started talking about this. And so David Ramsey was, Dave Ramsey was the thread. So that's interesting. So you were able, I know we're going off topic, but you, so you taught his class? Tell us oh, a little yeah, bit I about heard. that.
2: What was that? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. You, well, see, they, um, it was a church group that I was, that was a part of. This is like eight or 10 years ago. And um, we had a, a, a church member had taken the class and then we found out that they that they do that you could do it in a group setting where they like they give you this the teacher's handbook and they give you stuff that you know to put on the big screen and and so I would stand up in front we would do our rah-rah session and then you know the first step is you know putting your first thousand dollars together so for a lot of people how do I come up with that first thousand dollars and so we would follow up and encourage people on a week to week basis to see how they were coming along with getting that first $1000 and then from there you know focusing on uh paying the lowest balance the credit card with the lowest lowest balance first paying that off and then doing the snowball effect and then and I still and I still use a lot of this stuff using you know after you pay off that first credit card that $50 a month you put it on the next credit card and then you work each credit card until you pay all of your credit cards off so but it was it was a great experience um what i've learned is by me teaching the class it made me be more accountable to myself because i already work in the business but when i have to go there and 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 i have to be an active participant because i'm teaching you i can't teach you something that i'm not doing personal wow yeah that makes sense you I'm because you, yeah. we, we each have to pay a hundred bucks just to attend it, but you can pay a hundred dollars just to attend it and go through the motions. But I had to pay a hundred bucks and stand up in front of you and, and encourage you to, to follow these steps. And then we would meet up the following week. Hey, and you know, we would go around the room. How'd you get? How'd you do this week? Hey, we were able to put another two hundred and fifty dollars a week to go towards saving our first thousand dollars, or we're working on paying off our Mastercard, or we just paid off our car loan, and we're going to continue to dr- drive this car instead of going out to buy a new car. So, but um, it made it made me more accountable to myself by help by teaching others the class.
1: Well, thanks for that insight because I've never attended a class, and and I've I've taken stuff off his website I've read a couple of his books I used to listen to his podcast a lot and that kind of I think uh, probably unintentionally or un- subconsciously inspired us Jody right to create this podcast right so um, so that's great insight because I I always thought that I would love to take his class but I was kind of self-taught when it come to came to the David Dave Ramsey methodology jody any any words on Dave Ramsey yeah,
0: I I think what Will said was great there, and what especially hit home with me was walking the walk, right? Will, you said talk about oh, standing wow. up oh, in front cool. of a group of people, and and you're teaching them something. If you're not walking that same road yourself, you're not teaching it right, and you don't believe in it, and you, and you're just and you turn into a huckster, right? And and right. so uh, I I think that that was a great story. I loved hearing it. Um, and 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 it it sounds like you also have a you know we just met here on the podcast but it
1: sounds like you have a a ton of integrity thank you (laughs) very cool very cool um the next topic we'll jump into is the or the question is new grad who just started working balancing 401k contributions and paying off student and paying off student loans so i guess here they're going into a lot of detail on well if i put this into the into the 401k I get the match but that I have this big student loan I need to pay off so I'm not going to go into the whole story you could read it on the site but I think it's that age-old dilemma do I invest do I pay off my student loan Jody uh what did you think of this question
0: well my my first reaction was that he's got a lot going on here and it it sounds like he's (laughs) really over complicating things for himself um you know and there's a lot of detail in this story about he says he's got a, a about 1500 bucks in savings company doesn't have a 401k match but it contributes 500 annually towards an hsa an hsa health savings account i'm assuming right and yeah. and so that's money that you spend on your health care it's not necessarily savings granted it's money that you don't have to take out of your weekly paycheck to pay for stuff and we have that and everybody has that in their household but that's that's something a little different than savings it's more like saving towards an expense uh tax-free um so, so a lot of complicated things going on. Um, the one thing that I, I pulled out immediately from the way this guy presented his situation is: is never trust your company won't change its course just because things are going great now for your. If you're an employee, just because things are going great for your company right now doesn't mean that things might start not going great for them and they might have to change things. Um, don't don't put don't put complete. Trust in that company. Put complete trust in yourself. Right, protect yourself. Um, you know, uh, fifteen hundred dollars in savings—a great start. Pile that cash up. I think as high as it can go. Um, and if you've got five thousand dollars in debt, man, that should get paid off in six months. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're twenty-two years old and single. Uh, and you're making $80,000 a year, man, take it down and talk about Dave Ramsey isms, take it down to beans and rice and get rid of that $5,000 debt like that. Um, you know, if that $5,000 will hang around, if you just play with it, get it gone and then start savings. You can't do both at the same
1: time. Yep. Sounds good. And, and, and Will, what was your thought when it came to this question?
2: You know what? I agree. You got to pay that debt off because you know what the, the, when when you're in when you're in debt, uh, you're, it's like you're it's like being a, you're a slave to the to the owner of that debt. So if you can pay that debt off, you'll have more money to invest once you're free of the debt. So focus on the debt. You make a decent amount of money. You could like you said you could pay it off in six months, and then you could do whatever the next thing is for you investment wise.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What both of you said makes a lot of sense. we've talked about this a lot on the podcast around debt, right? And we we were big fans of getting debt out of your life if you can as fast as you can. Um, if
0: you need a if you need a convincer too on on the pay pay down the debt, pick up your paper credit card statement. And search on the credit card statement. Somewhere there's this little graph that says if you pay the monthly payment, oh, you'll well, pay it off in you, this amount tough. of time. It's
2: going to take you to pay it off. Oh, absolutely! Right,
0: it'll actually show you how long and, and how long it's going to take you to pay it off. And that number should shock the shorts out of you, man. You you should you should you should fall out of your chair when you see that because it's going to be like eight years right it's not going to be three months it's going to be like eight years they might even have a year on there you know it'll look like 2032 get it out
1: get it done <laughs> i can't get past 2032 gotta pay for that steak dinner <laughs> right? since for, that steak for... dinner
0: right or that stupid or that's big screen tv you bought is gonna take you 12 years to pay it off Ridiculous. it'll be in the
1: dumpster by the time uh before you even get a chance to pay it off that's amazing yeah, I think that overall, when it came to, you know, we, we want to get rid of debt. And I think that's the bottom line. I think we all agree that, you know, we want to try to get rid of it as fast as possible um, to get it out of our lives so we can move on to, to bigger and better things in terms of savings and, and, and other goals. So I, I fully agree with everything you guys said. Um, the ne- the last question that we're going to talk about today is, should I even get life insurance? I don't know if this is discussed much, but I need help. My mom is constantly on me, telling me to get life insurance for my husband and child. I'm going to stop right there, right? Because we did a whole episode on this, and we talk about term life versus whole life. Um, and, And I'll just kind of start this dialogue off. In that episode, I emphasized, I think right before my son was born or right after my son was born, I went and got the life insurance. And I was sold a hybrid policy of Whole life term or term whole life, it was very hokey. And then over time, I was able to uh, renew that, uh, actually cancel that policy and get a term life and pol- a term life policy that made sense for me. So I think the bottom line, I just stop reading that uh, that posting because if I see husband, child, if you have dependents that rely on you, you need life insurance. So uh, Jody, I'll pass it to you. What, what what'd you think of this question?
0: life life insurance is like you said paul it replaces your earnings and protects those you leave behind when you die and you know put a fine point on it we are all going to die someday you've got to ask yourself the question what happens when you die and then what happens to the people who you leave behind will they be at a loss without the money without the salary without the income you generate so if you need to replace that for those people you're going to leave behind you need life insurance um and just a note on the child, I'm going to make an assumption here that the child is under 18 and not making any money. Generally, I feel that you don't need life insurance on a child because you're not replacing any income because the income the child doesn't generate any income. Um, if, if the child is older, maybe you want to take something to take care of them uh, if you have a specific situation. Uh,
1: but if the child is older than 18, they should be making their own money anyway. That makes a lot of sense. And well, what were your thoughts when it came to this question?
2: My thoughts is they should definitely have life insurance. Term life insurance is very affordable. Uh, most people, and, and, and I know, Paul, you were talking about, you have the hybrid whole life term policy, but most people, um, even though insurance people, insurance agents will push, try to push you into a whole life insurance policy because of the cash value, most people who have a family it's not affordable Where you're paying three, four, five hundred dollars 500 a month plus everything else that you're doing. But term insurance, especially when you're younger, like at our age, you could probably get a $500,000 policy, if you're healthy, for maybe 40 bucks a month. $40 a month for a half a million dollar policy. Or you can scale it back to your earnings level. If you're only making $50,000 a year, maybe you should get a $100,000 policy. $100,000 policy may cost you $15 a month, but no matter how you slice it, it's very affordable, and and it's not like you would have to give anything up in order to you know in order to get the benefit of that policy. So yes, they should definitely have life insurance, and and there's so many different price points. Even if even if it's just fifty thousand, you know what I'm saying. You should do something that's affordable for you. But there's so many different ways you can buy life insurance, and so many different price points. You 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 can't lose by having it
1: yep that makes a lot of sense and we we, we did a whole podcast talking about uh, life insurance term life versus whole and we went into detail on these so I think with with that um, the bottom line is and we all agree uh, if you have people that depend upon you uh, make sure you get that life insurance in place so I guess with that those are all the topics we were covering today um, and this was a lot of fun will thank you for joining us we really hey, appreciate thank you, it
2: God. Thank you for plugging me in. I yeah. appreciate.
1: It. Yeah, this was very cool, and I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm hoping we could do this again with you. I'm, there's a number of topics that kept blazing through my mind: uh, mortgages you know, and, and... Mean, you know,
2: because um, you know it's it's camping season. We just we, we have a permanent site, so we, we're mo- we're going to be going. We're going to be heading out there after this. I got to do some work on the camper, and uh, you know we're excited about that. And I have to build a few things. We're going to build some stubs, and. Uh, and a picnic table so but i would love to plug in with you guys and talk about my areas of expertise uh because sometimes i feel that i don't get a chance to share this information enough i feel i should be on the radio i thought that a long time ago so if this is as, as close as i can do get to it let's do it
1: oh, awesome <laughs> that's very cool uh so jody any any last words of advice for today <laughs> Two, two things one we are definitely having will back on the show <laughs> <laughs> absolutely because he's got a ton that he can a lot of with. light bulb um, moments and,
0: and, number, and number two will i am hearing i am hearing uh power tools in your immediate future there well,
2: uh, yeah, and i, I, I want to come over i want to come over you know what <laughs> let, let me tell you what's fun. i can do more things now than i could 10 years ago um I'm not the best at it. It may take me a little bit longer, but you know, my, my wife pushes me into learning how to use the tools. So I have, a, I got a lot of power tools now. Um, we, we built a, uh, last Saturday, we built a, uh, we bought a shed to put up behind the camper and we had to build the freaking foundation. What do I know? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a city kid. What do I know about building a freaking foundation? But we figured it out. I had all the right tools for the job, and I enjoy using my tools, so we built the foundation. My sons came by. They helped us put the shed up, so it was great. And so, you know, from time to time, um, we work on different projects. You know, we built her a, uh, a desk for her office. I just built her some cabinets a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we're gonna build some more stuff for the campers. So I, I do get to use my power You know, let me tell you because I also enjoy cigar smoking And so I, I smoke cigars in my garage like in the wintertime and I have a heater I can get my garage up to like 80 degrees when it's like 25 degrees outside. So I enjoy watching television Smoking my cigar and looking at my tools on a Friday. That's my life. That's what I do smoke cigars <laughs> Watch your show that's and just great. say, wow, I've got some cool tools. That's what I do.
1: <laughs> Will, where you been all my life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, Jody and Will, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody and Will reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you.